Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, it is my pick. Um, I picked the soundtrack to The Crow. Yeah! All right! All right. Crow! Crow! It's like a little bit of maybe a belated Halloween pick, but this is a movie from 1994. A soundtrack that I owned and uh, listened to like crazy when I was a young man. This was a movie that I rented and fell in love with. And I remember um, trying to convince my parents to buy us this movie because I was like, I think we rented it like a few times. And then we're like, we got to we got to own it. We got to own it. And these were the days where there was like a big gap between when a movie was released to rent and and to buy oh yeah and it was a thing where i think my parents god bless their hearts they like looked into like it's like oh yeah we gotta find a place to but it was like 94 dollars or something oh my god because there VHS. used to be this rate to to sell because the initial release it was all for like rental places yeah and the way that they would uh you know rip off these rental places is like super expensive to buy a copy and then like you know months down the line or whatever if they decided to like print it till for like the general public it would be like you know 12 bucks i don't know my, my grandmother bought me this on vhs because she thought it was a michael jackson concert film <laughs> <laughs> oh well i'm, there, I'm not there's sure. a thing behind that that i i don't know i i don't think your grandmother knew but um one of the original like um ideas for a movie adaptation of the comic book was going to be a michael jackson musical version and uh. the director was like you gotta be fucking kidding me! <laughs> yeah, like no way. Then they they turned that into a uh, Moon Dancer. Or what else? <laughs> so in reality, Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah this ended up being kind of a uh, a weird gift for like a you know eight year old kid. Pretty not appropriate movie. Some like dark <laughs> themes. Like, opens, like, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> with the most brutal scene of any movie <laughs> yeah. to date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, you hadn't seen it until... I had never seen it. Yeah. Of course, I was very familiar with the film. and uh, the, <laughs> Well, you knew about it. I knew about it. Uh, and, uh, and especially the uh, the sordid tale behind it, which we'll probably get into, oh, yeah, which yeah. is this apropos is, <laughs> and in the news. I just say that we... Today. Yeah, so we, we announced uh, during our last episode that we were going to do this as a Halloween episode, and that was... We got delayed by uh, circumstance, but... Uh, so it, it's an unfortunate coincidence that we're talking about this movie along with like the uh, Alec Baldwin. We've had a few of these coinc- types of coincidences happen yeah. over this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it- <laughs> always on the pulse track listing podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about. It. I mean, it's it's it is a tragedy, but uh, it's also this movie's been around for so long, and there's so much to talk about. So I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. the year is 1994. Yeah. Four. Let's jump right into it. Let's, huh? Yeah, let's listen to the first track, Nikki. Here's track one. This is the Cure with Burn. This is original song for the movie. I should say that the... So it was an indie comic book that the movie is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the creator of the comic book was kind of obsessed with like 80s goth culture, you know, uh, Joy Division, The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, that type of thing. 
And uh, I think that even there was a lot of like lyrics from 80s music in the comic book. And of course, the movie didn't get made until the 90s, where the kind of landscape of popular culture, even in the goth world, was very different. But it's really nice that they were able to bring a lot of uh, these kind of 80s bands into the movie in what is, in my opinion, kind of a seamless manner. And that this is, you know, The Cure is a band that I like quite a bit. They're a very 80s band. And this is like a really good version of The Cure it's like a little bit updated for the 90s but it it not like clumsily so and uh and also i should say that the i think that the main character uh kind of it looks like robert smith yeah yeah, (laughs) was like styled after robert smith doesn't hurt (laughs) yeah um can you give us a a quick uh description of what this film's about for our listeners that haven't seen it okay so this is a film it's kind of a revenge fantasy about a uh young musician who in who maybe detroit it is uh, detroit detroit was uh murdered along with his fiance and then a year later was uh kind of uh resurrected by the spirit of a crow to exact vengeance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um it's a story I love in its simplicity and that I think that if this movie were made today, there would have to be some sort of backstory about why he was fated to always be like the crow or whatever. Yeah, no, but I, I, I agree with you. I did like it. That I was just like, no, it like, just yeah, comes like, back. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a lot of people die and then they're dead forever, but sometimes there's a crow and that's how it goes. <laughs> it's a little bit undercut by the, the way that they named the, the main character, Eric Draven. Yeah, uh, I rolled my eyes. I was like, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Eric Draven. Draven. <laughs> it's really, I should say, okay. uh, I should say in the comic book, he has no last name and he's like an auto mechanic. So yeah. it's like even, it's even better in the comic book as far as like, uh, I think conceptually. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's a simple story of a dead boy who wants to kill a bunch of people. And this uh, song is playing when he's basically becoming the crow. Eric is uh, back in his old apartment that he shared with <laughs> Shelly. I have like a and little bit of a bone to pick about this. I, I do too. I don't even know which way to go, but uh, this is like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster situation. Okay. Where he is, you know, everybody knows him as the crow, but the crow... Then he has the crow. The crow is the crow. I don't think that the, the guy... Says he's the crow? <laughs> no, but I... <laughs> I don't think the guy is the crow. The guy is okay, that's a good point. Eric. The, I, I, I think the crow is the crow. Look, it's like a father-son Holy Spirit situation that he is both the crow and Eric at the same time. The crow is also the crow, but also they share one spirit. I think that the crow is a crow and that Eric is Eric. It's a little bit... The, you know the, uh, the, the pro wrestler Sting? Yeah, he based his costume off of the crow. Yeah, yeah. And he apparently, I think or he referred to that as, as the crow. It was like Sting as the crow because he was Sting when he was like, he looked more like an ultimate warrior type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that he also had a misunderstanding of the text. Of the t- <laughs> Because he, if he became the crow, he should have been covered in feathers. Well, so this song's playing while he's like putting on the makeup and becoming... Uh, and I didn't realize the uh, the whole inspiration for his costume was that he had this little mask that, like, there's one flashback where he's like, hey, Shelly, <laughs> don't you like this mask? <laughs> and then he was like, that's what I will be now. And so it was, like, it was some dumb mask they had uh, that, like, <laughs> one memory was held with it. And then he was just like, yeah, I'm going to do that makeup. And it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I Very think- Joker. Joker references, man, they lifted yeah. so heavily from this. It, it reminded me, he looked so much like um, Joaquin. Jo- what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jacugu. Jacugu. Isn't his name Leaf? 
Uh, yeah, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. No, he looks so much like him. It's Pahuinas. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it. I think that there would probably be a better way of doing it where, or maybe maybe it's intended that when he's resurrected, he has no memories because he kind of accumulates memories by like interacting with people, yeah, and touching things, and yeah. So there's maybe a way to tell it more clearly where he's resurrected and he doesn't know who he is, but he knows like his home, and yeah. then he starts to just kind of piece things together. Well, it it shows like that he doesn't know what's going on, and like the crow show like flies yeah. to a pair of boots and it's like put these on and then it's like follow me on the rooftops and then it's like he so the crow is telling him where to go and then it shows like the crow shows in his yeah. own apartment so maybe there is like a we're probably maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves but there was there's another character in the comic book who is like a he's like a skeleton cowboy yeah um who is i think essentially somebody else who was resurrected for vengeance who didn't didn't do it properly and is now stuck in between or something who's like somebody who's guiding him along with the crow yeah never made it to the movie though oh well he there he was going to be in the movie got cut um it was when um brandon lee when brandon lee died there they had to like figure out how to make the movie work um they they'd like shot most of it but they had to cut out all that because they yeah, there's some weird it. cg that happens too that's very uh disconcerting yeah. i did yeah okay i mean maybe it's because i saw it so many times when i was young that i i think that there's much weirder ones more recently of trying to incorporate like uh princess leia's into the situation yeah, it's more uncanny valley these days so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but anyways maybe should we move on to the second track sure yeah bad news guys there's uh the cure never played that song live what? Yeah. Never? Not once. I think it's... I, I love The Cure. I'm not saying it's one of the best Cure songs, but it's a pretty good Cure song. It's a good Cure song. <laughs> it definitely got song. 90s kids into The Cure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. That was like uh, Robert Smith and the drummer uh, Boris Williams. They were like in a transition phase for The Cure, so it was kind of just the two of them getting into the studio and making that track together. It's kind of neat. I like there's some weird synth sounds in the back that are supposed to be kind of like... They kind of sound like birds. They're like, yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Belated Halloween, all you trick or treaters. I respect it. Let's hear uh, some track two. This is Machines of Loving Grace with Golgotha Tenement Blues. I'm just imagining how crazy the crow would have been with uh, Michael Jackson as this, <laughs> this main character. <laughs> I think he would have gotten into it, man. I yeah, think he, yeah. would have, he would have beefed up for the role. He would have gained like 30 pounds He just kept his outfit from the bad music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's so many makeup. insane stories of Michael Jackson trying to get himself inserted into like uh, film properties. Like uh, There was a thing about how he wanted to be Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, that was a very weird <laughs> yeah, request. <laughs> Which totally would have ruined Star Wars. <laughs> but this is like uh, every story about Michael Jackson trying to become part of a movie franchise uh, demonstrates that Michael Jackson did not 
uh know who michael jackson was if that makes sense i mean it's it's him and prince had that um sort of disease that was just like why can't i have that because <laughs> like, uh, i don't know it's five in the morning and maybe you shouldn't call george lucas right now and he's like no but i'm gonna buy it then yeah <laughs> like, right. now it's mine now it's mine <laughs> i didn't find too much about machines of loving grace but i did see that uh they broke up in 1997, and if, if you were wondering what um, Mike Fisher, the keyboard player, is up to, he is a in a band now that's called Amish Rake Fight. Nice. So uh, look that up. Equally bizarre um, band name. Yeah, a lot of weird <laughs> words in this one. Ah oh, man, there's some. There's some. Uh, we're gonna come across some interesting band names later on. Uh, that's very peak grunge. <laughs> I feel like. I kind of like. Mm-hmm. So this is dipping into like 90s industrial, but I I like this song. I can't tell. A lot of time, you know, this is a soundtrack that I listened to so much when I was young that I can't, I'm not going to be able to separate whether things are good or whether I just uh, am excited to hear them again. Yeah. This one, I think, is like maybe all right. This, this album went triple platinum. Yeah. No, it's just a huge thing. It's over three, it was like 3.8 million copies. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, it's big is... on vinyl right now. A lot of people are like uh, really excited about buying it on vinyl. This was uh, during the uh, heroin scene with Fun Boy and Darla. Uh, yeah. Fun Boy being one of the uh, like the guys, bongs. That, one of the one of the bing, one of the T Bird gang guys that um, killed uh, Brandon Lee, the character, and, and his girlfriend Shelly, and uh, he's exacting revenge on him. But they were he's shooting up heroin with Darla, who's Sarah's mom. A lot of sorry, a lot of backstory, but um. <laughs> It made me like realize why so many people did heroin in the '90s. Hearing music like this, <laughs> it's very. I was like, oh man, like I have no interest in heroin. But if all the songs I was listening to were like, do heroin, this is do it. Like, yeah, just melt and watch this city burn, baby. <laughs> a couple of notes. So uh, the actress who played Darla, we talked about her on our Bad Boys episode. Yeah, she was the mole inside the inside the department. In Bad Boys, and she was also in Unforgiven. Unforgiven as the, um, yeah. the prostitute that gets uh, cut up. And then Fun Boy, who is an actor that, uh, I can't remember his name, but you've seen him in a ton of stuff. He, tragically, he was the one who... Like Michael Massey. He was the one who shot the, the prop gun that was improperly loaded. Yes, there was, it was a, a tragic story, and it was during the, they were filming the scene of, like, the break-in and murder. Yeah, so it's actually the beginning of the film. So right. that's why, like, you know, most of the film was already completed, and they were just, like, doing the start of it, and then I think there was some other stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I think that, by all accounts, it like kind of fucking ruined this guy's life where he was like yeah, haunted man. by. I can't imagine what a freak, yeah. terrible, terrible, tragic thing to have. Everything have like it's obviously like whenever there's like a tragedy, then it's it becomes like a long litany of like uh like why it happened, and it's like I'm sure that tons of movies are kind of like fly by night that we celebrate for that, but this is like all the stories were this was like a twelve million dollar movie that was like you know trying to make a 32 million dollar movie and there was a bunch of like the prop guy like did this and then he got sent home and then there was somebody else and it was like a bunch of nobody was such a such a mismanaged uh prop crew yeah Yeah. situation there yeah it's It's terrible the firearm specialist was sent home and And it's also didn't realize it was like a the person who was dealing with it after that you know had no protocol or was was like a goldberg thing where there was There was like a dummy shot with like that had the bullet, but no 
lead and then they didn't realize when they were shooting off those fake ones that one of them actually the primer was still there mm-hmm. so there was a bullet lodged in the barrel right and then when they replaced that with they re- they put in the blanks which are the you know the shot without the bullet the bullets already in the barrel from the earlier thing yeah it was just like yeah like seven things happened that you call it like away. a squib load when yeah. it gets clogged up yeah. yeah and it shot brandon lee with the same force as like a normal 44 yeah. magnum bullet which is just i mean that's bad you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, so, yeah. and it killed him it was it was a super sad paramount sh- tried to shelve the movie for a bit but miramax picked up the distribution they so. put in miramax injected like another eight or ten million dollars to yeah. finish the movie yep and um and then, i'm glad they did because yeah i love the movie and also it's like you know brandon lee i remember watching rapid fire which is like kind of a kung fu movie he did that i really liked like he you know uh he's a young guy acting chops aside like it's it's it would be a shame if, you know, this thing that he did, which, you know, ended up being the thing that he was most known for, like, never got and saw the light of day, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's, it's so strange. I mean, it's so tragic because his dad died in a similar freak way and just, like, died young in the middle of filming another movie. And if you watch, like, Game of Death, which was one of Bruce Lee's last movies, like, I mean, the way they tried to finish that movie was terrible. They, like, put, like, cardboard cutouts of Bruce Lee to, like, you know, like, they just showed the back <laughs> of his head and all sorts of things. But, yeah. yeah, I'm really glad they, they finished the movie. And it's, the tone of the film is sort of a, a, a dark homage to him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think it's... I think it's good they went ahead and did it and that it was a hit. Jamona. Yeah. <laughs> Jamona. <laughs> <laughs> they keep talking about rebooting it, and it's like... Uh, well, it, you're kind of like, oh yeah, that could, and then it's like Jason Momoa. You're like, no, I don't want to see that. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but there are three Crow sequels. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. no one's seen any of them. And the third one has Edward Furlong as the Crow, and like <laughs> past his prime Furlong. Yeah, like yeah. it's in 2005, and he's already like really schlubby. And I think there was like a TV series too. I remember. I think I watched the second one, and I was super disappointed. And I think Iggy Pop is one of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, the, you know, I think the the soundtracks to some of the sequels are maybe more uh, remarkable than the films, but it's true. It's <laughs> your uh, soundtrack three. Yeah, yeah. This is Stone Temple Pilots with Big Empty. Back in the uh, the singles episode, <laughs> yeah, flashing yeah. back to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, it's like slackers or singles just with superheroes. The thing I never realized about that song that I thought was kind of cool was that it first appeared in this movie before it showed up on um, their second album, Purple. Yeah, no yeah. way. It was cool. on the, and it was the lead single off of their second album, which is an album with like a few singles. Um, yeah, it did well for them. It's a great it's, track. It's Very uh, funny. It takes me all the way back to my uh, Seattle days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I actually did have Seattle days, but uh, <laughs> we were all in that band together. Remember, this guys? Is yeah, Scott yeah. Weiland. The funny thing about Scott Weiland is that he, he like uh, was so Eddie Vedder. 
and then no. <laughs> but it was obvious he's even like, more eddie vetter than eddie vetter yeah yeah the first because it's like the first album he's like so eddie vetter and then the second album i feel like it's like you know you can hear it it's like he's trying to like go back to his actual voice a little bit and yeah. then i think by the third album he becomes like scott weiland and you're like, wait a minute, were you? It's kind of like a ministry thing. It's like, are you, you weren't British? You're not Eddie Vedder. <laughs> you totally dropped the Eddie Vedder thing. It was like, well, I started with that, and then I slowly transitioned I mean, he's, out of it. I mean, as a vocalist, he has an incredible vocal range. But oh, yeah. I think that his, or at least the thing that he started to do that was like really distinctive was like in a much higher range. Yeah. And uh, he was just like completely ignoring all of that in like the early days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the song was playing, and the T Birds is is right at the top of the film almost. Uh, they're driving. T Birds are the bad guys. T Birds are the bad guys, run by T Bird, who is uh, David Patrick Kelly. Is that yeah, his name? yeah. He's the famously the bad guy, the bad the, guy from the, the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, and he's great in this one. Everyone's everyone's really good Dude, this movie. This is yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Great casting. They're cruising along, um, and they just like smashed up an arcade. And one of the guys uh, named Skank was like, <laughs> he says the funniest line. He's like, "Hey man, man, we fucking banged up those machines, man." Just <laughs> like, light them up, yeah. light them up. And they're like, "Yeah, we really did it. We, we smashed some arcades." Like they're not kids; they're like thirty and forty year old men. They're yeah. doing it, and it just made me laugh. So I'm just like, "Oh man, remember when we bashed up those machines?" My favorite thing man? about the thing about that crime is that. It's for uh, for the film. It's great because it's it's the intro to uh, those guys. Like yeah. you know, a year later, yeah. And like T Bird says something, and then he's like, he like whispers. Everybody like starts banging, like beating the shit out of the place. Yeah. But he also puts down a bomb. Yeah. Which they set and they leave, and it's like uh, you didn't need to break to anything. Both, yeah. you, you left a bomb. <laughs> if you planted the bomb, and you didn't, no. need, you didn't even need anybody else there. Well, killing's fun man and it's easy <laughs> it's like if you're just ten, gonna leave ten, a bomb you could just be yeah, one ten, person ten. Yeah. i love that gang so much man <laughs> we'll talk about there's another song that uh, is in a crucial moment for the gang but yeah uh, they're great guys if they're if they're hiring uh, <laughs> let me I know. know i think in the comic book t-bird was the the last bad guy and that the the kind of in the movie it's the unnamed bad guy who i think in the, no he's, he's top dollar he's top dollar is. in the credits but i don't think anybody ever never says top dollar no they just say like the boss or whatever oh, okay. okay they never say any of the i think the the three like kind of top guys yeah they don't quite say their name but yeah it's it's more like a shadowy like overlord yeah, yeah. who is also kind of grungy it's kind of great that everyone's like sort of in the same rock scene you know what i, I mean but they're definitely <laughs> like different genres like subgenres. yeah yeah, yeah. it's like alternative bird has like a little bit of a rockabilly like yeah. i don't know sure, some, sure, sure. some industrial there. Pop, and then it's <laughs> yeah yeah a little it's goth like, every now and then fun boy yeah. is totally like alice in chains yeah yeah. And then the the big boss is like uh, I don't know maybe it was in like the Stranglers or something. Bro. It's all gross. He's wearing like uh, <laughs> like riding boots. He's wearing yeah, yeah. yeah he's a little little rockabilly. <laughs> um, but man, you had you had told me how good Michael Wincott was as Top Dollar, and dude, he's he's like maybe one of the better bad yeah, guys yeah. I think I've ever seen on screen because it's some of the stuff was, they're doing is so heavy handed. What but, was the character he played in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Because he wasn't, uh, Alan Rickman was the, the sheriff, sheriff of Nottingham, of Nottingham. But like the guy below him was Michael Wincott, right? Yeah. Like, like uh, I mean, I'm thinking of the, um, 
the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that was a character that was only in Prince of Thieves, but uh, and also it's like, it's the, like man- the underling to the, the manager of the doors, or right? Wasn't he? But you yeah. knew he was evil. <laughs> yeah, he's also in Alien Resurrection. I remember him in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fincher. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's not. That's the the Resurrection was the French guys. Yes, you're spiraling. Oh yeah. yeah, track four. Track four. Let's do it. Nine Inch Nails, Dead Souls. This was definitely a cover that I didn't realize I was a cover until decades later. But uh, a very, you know, uh, Nine Inch Nails very much owning like a Joy Division song. Mm. A song they played live a lot and uh, Nine Inch Nails were supposed to be in this movie. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. They were supposed to be one of the bands performing this song on stage at one of those uh, club scenes. Yeah. That would have been fucking cool. Yeah. I know that the... Probably uh, couldn't afford it. The filmmakers wanted um, New Order to make music for the movie. That was like a big deal for them because I think that more than any other band, Joy Division was like a huge influence on the comic book. Yeah. And Yeah. What's his name? uh, James O'Barr, big uh, post-punk fan. And uh, Bernie Sumner was like... uh, They were working on an album, but also maybe they were just like, uh, I don't... (laughs) I'm kind of glad. I feel like... This is about as like emo-y as it <laughs> needs to be. Like I'm glad it was like there's more grunge like well, rock a- edge to it versus like I'm so sad. Well, that's the thing is like, New, New Order isn't like sad like that. I, know, I think that I that's know. maybe you know one of the I mean. reasons I why because I think they wanted Joy Division and New Order's like, but we're not Joy Division anymore. Like, yeah, we can't really do that. And he's like. Well, Come on. Come on. It's like almost there, except that one guy. Yeah. Except Ian Curtis, right? You guys want to dance? (laughs) Uh, This is, um, I think this is scoring one of my favorite scenes. Well, there's two different scenes. I think maybe the the cure was playing over in the beginning part where you see the tops of, uh, of, I guess, Detroit. Detroit. A a fictionalized Detroit. During. It's uh, always raining. A lot of rain machines. And it's all on fire. The entire budget. Yeah. Can't Um, always rain. Yeah. And it's like, dude, as a kid, the stuff that I fell in love with was kind of these shots of these rooftops. And it was, I think, in a way, adapting comic books in a way that I think that Sin City tried too hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this version, I think, is just so much more visually appealing. Oh, it's awesome, man. They they quoted... uh that this movie made Gotham city look like Emerald city and like how, like this is like a bleak place and I felt it like the yeah. whole, like just slums every, every like, you know, like the, they always uh, signify how bad a city is when there's just like homeless people around a trash can that's like on fire. <laughs> and that's like in every other scene, there's just a guy like warming up by a fire. There's just fires all over the city. <laughs> the yeah. city was built around a, a series of alleys, <laughs> yeah. you know, that type of thing. And like, then, uh, or excuse me, uh, 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 
Detroit is way too sparse for um, you know the rooftop jumping that yeah, is yeah. scoring. Uh, well, I think a lot mm-hmm. of or this scene is scored. The rooftop scene, I don't know, but the earlier scene where it's just like kind of an overview and there's a bunch of the fires going on. Yeah, I think was done mostly with models and like projection, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And it has this. I think the cinematographer, who I think more than anybody involved in this film, is probably like had a bigger impact on like uh the aesthetic of the film in general and he went on to do i think along with the same director did dark city and then uh, i think later on he was the cinematographer for the entire like uh pirates of the caribbean films nice so he got his checks but uh but this was like a really cool project of his yeah this is uh the song is playing while he's running on the rooftops and then also uh tintin is hawking some stuff at gideon's pawn shop which is a pretty great scene, I thought. Oh, dude, the actor that plays Gideon yeah. from, you know, he, I, I remember him mostly from, uh, from Miller's Crossing. Yeah, yeah. He just, he's always played like a greasy, <laughs> he's like. He's in a bunch of Coen Brothers in, films. Uh, Bart, Barton Fink. Yeah. He's in, yeah. uh, he's the, well, producer the man who Barton. wasn't there. He's like the, the dry cleaning guy. Yeah. He's like if, you know, Mario from the video <laughs> games became like a, a jaded, like actual <laughs> plumber. <very> accurate. <laughs> I like that. Like, Giving me the hi hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, he's just a real piece of shit in this movie. He's so fucking good. Knowingly buying like uh, items from the T Bird gang yeah, that yeah. like come from murdered people, you know, and he's yeah. just like <laughs> screwing them on the prices. <laughs> Tintin's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And he's like, get out of my fucking store. <laughs> it's great. I love their, yeah, yeah. their banter is like so the, real the and scene intense. With him and Tintin was so good because they're both like <laughs> so terrible. The biggest comebacks <laughs> in the world. Tintin, I can't remember what the actor's name, but he was Nikon in uh, Hackers, which is an episode that we did that I liked quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he's a great character. He's been in a lot of stuff, but I, yeah. I knew him from Hackers as well. And he's like the knife guy, kind of like yeah. the evil version uh, of uh, the knife guy from the Megaphone 7. Lawrence Mason. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Marco Rodriguez, uh, who's a great character actor as, as well, uh, has always played a detective or like a cop or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Tintin is wheeled by him and just has like eight <laughs> knives in him, he just goes, who's this sack of shit? It's <laughs> like, hey, the man has died. Like, and that's the first thing. That, who's this sack of shit that was stabbed to death? Like, that, 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 I'm jaded. Just jaded. Be, man. So jaded. Yeah. Dude, the funny thing. So that detective, he, he only serves to be the guy who hates Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Ernie Hudson is like the beat cop. Who's great. The movie. Man, Ernie's great. Ernie in Hudson, this. Winston. Yeah. Uh, but in, Ghostbusters. So in the opening of the film, when Eric Draven gets murdered originally, which is a year before the movie really gets going, um, <laughs> that detective walks in and essentially does the same thing where he's like, you're not a fucking detective anymore, you piece of shit. And you know, it's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, I'm just a beat cop now. But then a year later, he also says like, oh yeah, the way you fucked up that Eric Draven thing. And then I had to, like bust you down it's like wait a minute, what yeah <laughs> he was already not a detective back then like how many times have you demoted this guy like it was- <laughs> keeps getting demoted <laughs> well it's there's a subtle thing where he has his cop hat still on oh, and yeah, he has right. his like underwear on and that's when um eric uh the crow maybe uh breaks into, <laughs> <laughs> breaks into breaks uh, unclear unclear <laughs> But he's like, you still have your hat on. And I, to me, that was like, ah, he's like, not a great cop. Like, he's like forgetful. <laughs> and he's like, kind of, you know. Yeah, he's like, clumsy. And he's too, he, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, man. He gets too emotional. He's yeah, too yeah. attached. He did try to save Shelly, though. Yeah, Dude, he tried. He, yeah. he stayed with her for 30 hours. 
And that's why Which I got, they stress heavily. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got demoted because he was supposed to be back on the beat. And they're like, he's dead anyways. Get back out of there. Yeah. It's fires. This is devil's night. Unclear <laughs> what he got demoted to, though. I, I, I don't. He's yeah. got a good cop. He's got no, a good cop. Dude, I, man, I'm trying to. If I if I had the look, I think I could play a great cop. I think cop. you got it, man. But, uh, <laughs> he's got the mustache. Yeah, yeah. I think you're all the way there. I'm eating a donut right now. <laughs> You guys want to hear some in track five? Yeah. Please. This is Rage Against the Machine with Darkness. Yeah, man, this is uh, Rage is still a band that Rage is I, still a band, a band that I wish that I <laughs> period had liked more. I like I like the more the older I get, and part of that is uh, you know it's like the '90s, and I was you know 13, and I was like, what's so wrong with capitalism? <laughs> yeah, I got into like anti censorship because of them. Uh, I had that self titled album of theirs yeah. with like the burning monk on the front. I love um, how much uh, trouble they got in, or they didn't get in trouble, but there were some people clapping back on Rage uh, on Twitter. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Tom Morello, stay oh, yeah. out of politics, man. He's <laughs> Stick like, to music, stay yeah. out of politics. He's like, my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> what machine do you think I'm raging against, guys? <laughs> Paul Ryan's favorite band, Raging Against oh, Machine. God. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. I always, I'm self conscious um, about how little I pay attention to lyrics yeah um and then i'm just like i you know i care about music so much i should be more connected to lyrics and uh it, it comforts me to know that that paul ryan could be like jamming out to rage against the machine while he's working out and be that oblivious because i'm like ah, that's not i'm not that bad testify <laughs> testify <laughs> testify what's up they yeah. say jump you say how high how high lifts and weights but dude this fucking soundtrack i'm sorry i I, I, definitely the top half of the soundtrack is so fucking sweet this is like early early and like rage is on here no yeah like stp you know before their second album comes out their lead single is on this like this is fucking sick oh yeah this This is is a uh thing that's happened on the soundtrack a few times i think where um for this rage song darkness this was a remake of a track they had called darkness of greed from 1991 so i think something we're going to find from some of these bands is uh, they've done re-recordings of their older songs yeah 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 just to you know beef it up for the crow there you go yeah but i mean for the chronoverse for the chronoverse (laughs) (laughs) the song is playing when um sarah and ernie hudson are talking about eric and wondering if can people really come back and that sort of stuff? But uh, Oh, yeah. A lot of people, the character people don't talk about enough is that hot dog vendor. Yeah, yeah. It's like really listening to the fucking, yeah. the real shit. Well, he can't fucking get the mustard on there, Well, right? he skimps <laughs> on the onions. Yeah, yeah. He's, just like, he's having some fucking cop, like, make fun of him all day. And he's like, these goddamn pigs. <laughs> like, give me that mustard. Let me show you. Let me show you how to do it. Idiot. <laughs> it's a dollar hot dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just negging <laughs> Ernie Hudson all day he's just like putting this like anti-cop like rock and like louder and louder and being like, yeah yeah you want some onions <laughs> yeah yeah you know what this song's about right mm-hmm. it's about, about you <laughs> how are you guys feeling about track six let's get into it this is Violent Femmes with Color Me Once song was made for the film i'm not totally sure but uh very disconcerting song for me you know violent femmes are kind of like a folk punk band and this is folk punk trying to lean a little bit into the the goth rock or alternative rock Uh side a little more and that combination is making me feel weird yeah i fucking love it man i Uh, mean i can't do it too many genres gonna make give you an upset to me yeah (laughs) this is definitely like more you know there's a few 80s bands making 90s songs Mm-hmm. I think this one is, to my, in my opinion, this is a successful uh, transition to the 90s. But I think that it was probably, I you know, I've seen Violent Femmes live a few times. I listened to a lot of Violent Femmes. We talked yeah. about them on our Gross Point Blank soundtrack episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that this might be the most recent Violent Femmes song that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this might have been the last one. Yeah. I mean, they're still around, you know. They yeah. started in 79. Dang. Up until the present. They're rolling. This is like a Midwestern man. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee. Color me once. Color me twice. <laughs> Color me once. Shame on you. <laughs> Color me twice. Color me twice. On, shame on me. Shame everything's on gonna me. be a, Everything's gonna turn out nice. Yeah. <laughs> Color me three times. <laughs> Colored one too many. This is. I don't know. Chris, Chris, how do you feel about folk punk? <laughs> i don't think i've heard enough or cared to hear enough to formulate a big opinion still under construction i went to a um so what's happening i guess or this was happening maybe six or seven years ago is all these punk rockers that are now like in their 40s and like late 40s are trying to tour again but they just are like i can't I, like, I can't do it anymore. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> I, don't know, but there, I mean, we'll hear from the Jesus and Mary chain maybe later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, same thing with them. They're, you know, they're playing uh, Darklands in Glasgow in, in a week from now. Yeah, man. But all their, all their hearing is shot and like they can't sleep oh, in yeah. a van anymore because they have like their sciatica is acting. They've gotten a little nicer, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. They like, don't have the punk edge anymore. They've got kids. You yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. now it's like everyone's going back and they're like doing broken down Instagram instrumental like folky versions of their punk songs which no one needs to hear Uh, it's it's fan service in a way because they're still touring and they're doing something but they just they're like no man we can't have like people punching me in the face uh for like 12 weeks in a row i just can't can't mosh in your 50s and 60s i don't want you guys to mosh anymore i think about that in that if you go into a genre like you know say even if you're like metallica or you go in if you're even if you're a huge band but you're in this like super kind of like uh, aggro, like masculine like thing. It's like the shelf life of that. <laughs> yeah. And just like, as you grow older, you're like, am I still got to go out? It's like, uh, I don't really think about violent femmes in the same way. And that I think that they're, 
they're like as much like they might be giants as they are like Ramones or something. It's like they're kind of like this nerdy, like weird fusion thing. Yeah. I remember like the times that I would see them, one of the guys would come out with like a conch shell and like blow it at times. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Weird oh, stand up bass and stuff. I think that they're fucking also similar to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> fucking fish concert with a fish in my tube. With, a, with a vacuum, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. vacuum cleaner appearance. Yeah. I like Violent Femmes. I like this song. I can see why you might, uh, the vocals, like uh, the lead singer's vocals probably are more uh appropriate for like a blister in the sun yeah i mean i, I get like this i get that you like it but it's just the wrong ingredients for me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is playing i think on the jukebox in the bar this is in the point. bar the darla's, darla's bar yeah uh sarah who we haven't talked too much about is like a little kid that um eric and shelly took a shine to and like they kind of looked after her and her mom is a bartender and kind of a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> well, she's, she's, a, she's a heroin addict, yeah, even though yeah. they talk, they refer to it as being morphine, which is like, what are they? I, I don't, it's a movie I didn't studio thing, maybe. Was, yeah, maybe they had to say morphine versus yeah. heroin, but it's clearly heroin. Yeah, yeah. And it looks, maybe even looks dubbed over when he says, <laughs> yeah, like, the, the crow, heroin. the crow as a film does have a message, which is don't do drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But don't, uh, don't do drugs and bullets don't hurt. This is <laughs> not uh, at all. Oof. <laughs> Sarah's talking to the bartender and ordering a root beer and then like fun boy uh is who uh Darla's hooking up with and they like go upstairs and you're just like, oh cross. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I loved <laughs> Fun Boy couldn't have been a bigger piece of shit. <laughs> when he was like, Do you go play with your dolls? And she's just like, I don't have any dolls. And he's like, she's, also, any dolls? <laughs> she's also super cool. She like yeah. skateboards around. Yeah. She's Doc she's, Martens. She's cool as shit. She's gonna be Sarah, like, Sarah's a character. Badass. I think I mean she's an Very important sassy. character of the film. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, acting aside, but I, this is definitely like, uh, reminds me on rewatch of Blade Runner in the way that they kept like, uh, making Ridley Scott, like re like, because they're like, this just a, people don't get it. And they started to add a bunch of voiceover mm. and the voiceover, in my opinion, it's is terrible. And it's like when they, they released a version that was like closer to what Ridley Scott wanted to do with Blade Runner. And in this, I think when when Brandon Lee died and they had to like try to put it together. It's like, there's a lot of score that doesn't need to be happening. I noticed in the movie too, like the movie can't really sit still, but uh, the voiceover, I feel like the older I get and the more I like think about movies, every time I hear voiceover, I, I think that the movie's having to be saved in the re-edit. And Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, especially like the first half of this, it's a lot of like this uh, Sarah doing a voiceover, like, sometimes a crow just kind of brings you back cue montage <laughs> yeah <laughs> because i think there was supposed to be this other character like the skull uh, cowboy yeah the skull cowboy yeah. that was going to explain like what's actually happening are yeah. there any uh, deleted scenes that you guys found for the crow i know that there are some scenes with okay. the skull cowboy there's, but i haven't watched them yeah. there's the ultimate deleted scene which is oh jesus you know mm. somewhere buried mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. destroyed Mm-hmm. Who knows? I would hope it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. I think they should have destroyed it. If they I didn't. know that apparently um, they had made like a. It's a when Brandon skull. Lee got shot. Is what I'm talking about. <laughs> they made like Sorry. a plaster casting of uh, <laughs> of Brandon Lee's face for like for different for other reasons. Yeah. And so they had like when he passed away and they got back together. It's like we need like the stunt double to stand in for him. Yeah. They made this this face that was like a Brandon Lee face, and they painted the the the, the crow makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I think the cat, everybody was just so unnerved that they just like burnt it. Yeah. They're just like, we'll do it digitally. It's I don't like, like it. Death mask. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild. You guys want to cheer up with uh, track seven? Yeah. 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 This is Rollins Band with Ghost Rider. 
Rollins been? That's Henry Rollins. Uh, we've had we've talked about Henry Rollins a couple of times before on this podcast. Yeah, I could see how good y'all's memory is. Yeah, you know which two movies that we've talked about. Henry Rollins has been in the film. Well, I know um, uh, the Snowman movie, Jack Frost. That is correct, uh, where he's the uh, the hockey coach, the children's <laughs> hockey coach. His I'm life is being ruined by a snowman. <laughs> the, the plot of Jack Frost and the plot of The Crow are not that similar. It's <laughs> so true. They, did, they definitely did no the exact same. No one knows why they came back. A year goes by. Yeah. Everybody looks the same. The kid hasn't grown up. Same movie. Holy the, shit. <laughs> the guy comes back. <laughs> That's like a true Midwestern version of The Crow. Uh, lead lead singers like a, of a band are resurrected. Yeah, they're both in a band. <laughs> it's the same movie, they're guys. They're both in a band. That was, the, that was the surprise. Shit. <laughs> I should say. Looks that, like Christmas came early. Yeah. The, the other episode we did was uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is correct. That is Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, <laughs> it was a small role in that movie. I feel like, yeah, Jack Frost and the Crow are the same movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they really are. The, the same m- movies except for Michael Keaton never exacted the revenge yeah. on his harmonica player or whatever who lent him the car with, without working uh, windshield wipers. <laughs> now we just need our version of this film for Thanksgiving. We've got one for Halloween. We've got one for Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. We yeah, just need dude. the Turkey Day version. If... Uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton just went back and <laughs> tried to kill all the band members for fucking him over. <laughs> the, the, we gotta make that movie. The, gotta make that movie. The label executive that hired him to play the Christmas show that had like uh, no intentions of signing him to a label deal. Yeah, that's top dollar. <laughs> he has some sword fight with him at the end. There's a lot of unnecessary uh, Brandon Lee like guitar soloing on a rooftop in this movie. I That really made me chuckle. And yeah. then he's just like, you know, I also play music. You guys know, right? yeah, like it, halfway through, like a guitar becomes part of his like thing. <laughs> when he, when he well, it's up very, the it's very. She's like, now that I'm back, yeah, yeah. Heavy, I used to be in a band. Heavy, I can still do heavy this. shreds, and even like as a kid, I was kind of like, this is not very '90s. Yeah, this guitar playing that he's doing on the rooftop is, doesn't seem. Well, he was a year behind. He was a year behind. He, he missed like <laughs> he a was, peak era. He was doing like, like Star Spangled Banner from Woodstock on the rooftop. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do hear. Okay, you do hear some clips of his actual recording. Yeah, Hangman's joke. And mm-hmm. as an adult, I was getting like heavy Joy Division vibes, but mm. it's kind of like a '90s guitar-driven Joy Division. Uh, no guitar solos. Well, I mean, you know, it's probably why it wasn't bigger news that he died. I mean, his band, <laughs> his band was probably really shitty. If we're being honest, <laughs> if we're being honest, his band was probably. I, I didn't hate the. Uh, what is it? Hangman's. Hangman's news. Hangman's joke. Hangman's joke. Hangman's yeah. joke. Okay. In the film, at least it was Hangman's okay, joke. Hangman, yeah. Okay, Hangman's joke. Um, yeah. I liked the recording, the, the record that I heard. I was much more interested in than his like uh, rooftop shredding, but yeah. that can be said about so many musicians. That's true. <laughs> we should say so. This Rollins band song. This is a cover of a suicide song that I like quite a bit, and yeah, suicide's it great. Is a my favorite suicide song, probably, and um, I think it's kind of a really. It's not. It's a bad cover. It's a big swing, though. I like that they're doing a cover that's in a completely different style like it's way slowed down almost rec- unrecognizable in a lot of ways Rollins Rollins band I have that um, was it what Hansel uh, from Zoolander is like <laughs> I'm like look alike um, 
I like Henry Rollins. I respect him as a musician. Do I know what he's playing? Have I listened to his songs? No. But is he out there doing it? Yeah. And that's what I care about. <laughs> like that's that's sort of the way I feel about yeah, Henry yeah, Rollins. I'm like, accurate. yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I'm glad he's out there. He seems this like a genuinely After good Black guy. Flag, I think. This was yeah, like yeah. the second yeah. kind of iteration of his career. Yeah, exactly. Or I think it was actually third. I think he was in something before Black Flag. But yeah, yeah. definitely. It's uh, I was never... That's not not really, not really my scene, but uh, it is. It should be said that this is um, Ghost Rider is a song about the comic book character Ghost Rider, yeah, who is a spirit of vengeance who can yeah. touch somebody and inflict upon them all of the sins that they've they've like put onto other people. So they can like put the suffering that they've inflicted on other people onto them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like which the comes up there, uh, maybe later is, in the uh, film, kind of like mm-hmm. the thirty days of, of suffering. Yeah, kind of has a transference that happens later in the movie. Dude, I loved the comic book Ghost Rider as a kid. I don't yeah, know yeah. what about it, but like he had a chain. It was a flaming motorcycle. It had everything yeah, I wanted. Skull. Yeah, man, it's awesome. There was also a dead cowboy in that. There's I think a dead it was cowboy. Very much. I had a Ghost Rider Pog. Yeah, I probably did too. <laughs> it's a prized possession. I kept it in a case. <laughs> um, this song is playing uh, in one of the intro. It might be the first introduction to Top Dollar, but um, when they tell. Uh, some of the thugs tell Top Dollar that Gideon's pawn shop has been burned mm-hmm. and that Tintin has died. And he's like, poor Tintin. <laughs> snorts massive a, a massive ma- There's a mountain of cocaine next to him. <laughs> the thing I'll say about Top Dollar is that uh, early on, it's kind of like a, some very good scenes of somebody being like, an important character has died. And he's like, I don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Middle fingers. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I see what this character is. That's great. That's great. And then it's like another important character is like, yeah, I, st- I still don't give a shit. I've never cared. And it's like my sister and lover dies. It's like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I still feel like I'm coming out on top. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't. Well, he says like, uh, something he's like, uh, God, what's the quote? Something is for children. And then like, uh, like anarchy chaos that's what's fun (laughs) i mean yeah i guess it's you know it is a character but at the very end it's kind of like everything (laughs) everything and everybody you know is dead maybe and he's like i really am gonna miss you yeah but it's been a pretty good day right (laughs) it's like i don't think so man fucked up human being (laughs) yeah this movie would have been too dark for me to watch when i was nine yeah. <laughs> i'm glad i never opened that vhs you never opened it no i watched oh. it for the first time today what, what? Yeah. Were well, you're VHS. always surprised that i watch these movies like for the, in preparation for well, the first time i'm much more surprised when i found out Krista watched it for the first time today you've yeah. owned the movie for decades <laughs> I it's been sitting on a shelf i would have tore into that vhs like yeah, a velociraptor yeah. no no i was a scaredy cat looked terrifying movie. Oh, yeah. no. I loved, like, R-rated movies when I was, like, seven were just, like, the holy grail. All I wanted to do was watch R-rated movies. When I was a kid, I owned so few VHSs that I owned and watched uh, Disney's Fantasia over and over, and I hated it. Oh, that movie's terrifying as well. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it was just kind of fucking was Steve Buscemi's character in uh, Big Daddy. It's like his uh, yeah. reason why he ended up on the street. He's like, hey, mister, what happened to you? He's like, well, I used to eat a lot of mushrooms. Watch Fantasia a lot. And one day it just clicked. <laughs> it's like, my, well, see ya. My dad, I woke up to my dad trying to give me a crew cut in my sleep. <laughs> oh, I yeah. him in the face and I ran out and never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys want to hear track eight? Let's do yeah. it. This is Helmet with Milk Toast. Uh, 
Yeah, Helmet representing uh, New York City. Yeah. They, uh, from 89 to 98 with a hiatus, and then 2004 to the present. And, uh, you know, like it or not, I don't think there would be uh, bands like Tool if it wasn't for Helmet. This is definitely a, like presaging a lot of kind of, uh, for better or worse, new metal. Um, yeah, System of a Down. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. influence on them for sure. Pantera. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Johnny Mnemonic, they were on the Johnny Mnemonic soundtrack. Helmet was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, I had talked about their song, Unsung, which is maybe uh, yeah, one of my yeah. favorite songs by them. This is, uh, I, I keep thinking about, like, I'm not a big. Uh, metal guy um 90s metal but there's there's something about like the 90s metal baseline mm-hmm. in the way that when i was a kid i was into corn and i think it was mostly the baseline because it was a thing that it, uh, it seems to me has been kind of lost in like other versions of uh iterations of the metal genre that have kind of like become prolific yeah there was just like this like very prominent and heavy baseline that would draw me in yeah and like uh you know <laughs> we'll talk about there's some other because like these industrial bands are like yeah we're metal and it's like the baseline's like we're a little disco <laughs> and you're like all right <laughs> i think i would be way more into metal um if like uh women weren't in the picture in my life <laughs> like, <it's> <laughs> like i immediately uh i mean i was like leaning in hard into like metal in like sixth grade and seventh grade <laughs> yeah yeah like corn, all that stuff was out. System of a Down, yeah, and Metallica. I, that's kind of we all were, I think. And then at the same time, I was like, you know, going through puberty and realized, like, oh, girls really won't like me if I like go take a hard dive into this. So I was just like, maybe I'll pump the brakes, like, <laughs> girls. I can't put this on a mixtape, uh, a burn CD, <laughs> and stuff in somebody's locker. It's like, yeah, I had a copy of Cowboys from Hell when I was in middle school, a Pantera album. Hell yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's still amazing. There's something I, I which actually we'll get to them uh, yeah, shortly. Yeah, yeah, foreshadowing. There's something about I still am um, looking for bands that really rock, uh, and I feel like I haven't <laughs> seen a ton. Uh, uh, Mastodon, you know, like the contemporary metal band. Uh, their uh, helmet was also a huge influence on them as well. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. The song is playing uh, when Darla. Uh, I guess Fun Boy has just gotten uh, beat the hell up, and uh, Darla has been she's off morphine now. Are, are we to believe that Eric cleanses her, like gets the it drugs was, out of her like, body? It was like a five second yeah. rehab. Yeah, and, yeah. You see the you see the heroin like ooze full, ooze I out think of it was her like arm. Full rehab. It was like a not really, just like uh, I think in, in the original didn't just scare. Her. Yeah. I think in the original script, there was supposed to be this push and pull between he has been resurrected only to exact vengeance. Right. And so when he does that, it's a big plot point because then the uh, the cowboy, the dead cowboy has to tell him like, that's not what you're here for. Yeah. And if you, you, do, if you do shit like that, then you're going to get stuck here like me. Oh. And I think that that's like, that's like the main like kind of supernatural conflict in the original script. Yeah. And so it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense in the movie that uh, that exists. Man, it's so similar to Spawn as well. Yeah. Uh, there is a character in Spawn that's like, "Hey, I was I was one of the devil's soldiers, and I'm stuck here, and I'm gonna live forever, and you will too. And like, you can't keep here are the rules." Uh, but I guess '90s comic books, man, they're all like I kinda, dystopian. 
it was definitely, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's an accident of fate that this is the movie that we ended up with, but I kind of love how little is explained. It's yeah. like, it just if you do voiceover at the beginning, it's like, caca, you're yeah. alive. <laughs> it's like, I will, yeah, all right. <laughs> I will say, it is, <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is clearly a, a human doing some of the crow noises. Oh, like, <laughs> I do not understand. You know, this movie had a huge budget, but they spent it all on rain machines. They couldn't yeah, afford I that. Don't, uh, I don't think it was a huge budget. I think it was a medium sized well, budget, I mean, medium you know, low. It's pretty small in this. Yeah, yeah. For, in, the, in the mini millions. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but yeah, it was clearly a human being with the <laughs> it was like the the real cause. That's a crow's caw, by the way. Raven's croak. Uh, well, I think that uh, it is called the crow, but I think that all the actors are ravens. It's true, and he quotes the raven. The he, he uh, quotes Edgar the raven. Poe. There's this is a real fucking mess. <laughs> Edgar Allan Crow. Edgar Allan Crow. <laughs> Edgar Allan Crow. <laughs> He misquotes Edgar Allan Poe. There's yeah. there's a bunch of quoting in this movie. I think it I think it goes back to the comic book. I think the comic book had a bunch of like music quotes and a bunch of different stuff, but there's like a lot of quoting. Lot there's of like quote. some Milton, there's like some I think Shakespeare points. Yeah. yeah. He's he speaks in riddles. <laughs> Guys, it looks like we might be coming up on a break. Right. Oh, we're halfway through already. Uh, at the end of the episode we are going to add a song to the track listing Spotify playlist. Uh, in honor of the crow we are going to return to one of our favorite musical genres uh, bird and we're going to add <laughs> uh, <laughs> bird bird and we're going to add another one of our favorite bird songs yeah Chris you've got the eyes of a hawk and uh, Caleb's got the wings of an eagle <laughs> these guys are for the birds these guys are for the birds <laughs> so if you guys love bird stay tuned for the end of the episode also after the break I think we have a game Chris put together for us that's correct is it bird? It is bird. Okay, everybody. <laughs> bird. bird. Welcome back to the crow. That's a beautiful bird sound. <laughs> I actually did the uh, all the crow work. Oh, you did the crow work on that? Yeah, nice, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do good crow work. We have a game prepared by Mr. Darden himself. That's correct. I have uh, brought back an old custom uh, vocal fry. <laughs> all right. Prima nocta. What is that, Irish? That's <laughs> good, man. Long shanks from Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Now, Vocal Fry is the game where I play a select uh, bit of vocal, isolated vocals from a song, Mm -hmm. and you guys have to tell me who it was. Who it was. Or what it is. Whom? Whomst. Who's? (laughs) I haven't played this game in a long time. I feel like I've never been great at it. Yeah. But I'm especially rusty. Okay. Well, I think um, this shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, I, th- I I found some very funny ones, I think, and I went for humor over difficulty on this okay. one. But you guys are working together. Yeah, let's work All together. Right. Dusting off the headphones over here. Yeah, yeah, And I'll give you a clue or two if you need them, but you, you may not. Okay, you okay. Not. Okay. How let's, many How many are we dealing with here? We got four clues and then a little something for daddy at the end. All right. <laughs> That's a lot of clues. Let's jump right in. Yeah, let's jump into it. Here's <laughs> <laughs> clue one. We're going da, 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 da. 
right, I think I got that. Yeah. Okay. That's so, a warm up. I think I'm too old for this because this is like uh, some like kind of emo. Is this like a Fallout Boy kind of? Yeah. Keep going. You wanna? You wanna? I'm take thinking that uh, the words are escaping me right now, but well, that's you, uh, you got the band. Caleb got the band. Oh, it is Fallout Boy. It is Fallout Boy. Yeah. Do we know the title of the track? I don't. They think were always. I know they always any, had weird titles. I don't think I know too. even one. Is it uh the uh, bird? The dun, bird. Dun, dun, suck it. Yeah. Yeah, you can you Suck can it. do you can do a rendition of what you think the hook of the song is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'd love to hear it. Does it have to do with birds, or am I? Really is a song called Bird? <laughs> is it no, Bird? There's no there's no theme to this. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want to play the answer and just here is the answer to clue one. Pocket and bullet. So it's called Sugar. We're going down. That's right. <laughs> I do love uh, the funny thing for me about this it's band. Like, I, love, I love that track. Is that the lead singer is uh, not visually appealing. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they have a bass player who is. Yeah, and so it's just kind of like just put him in front. It's yeah. like he sings, right? It's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Scoot uh, him up. No, it's the ginger guy with the sideburns. But it gave a lot of uh, weird looking 2000s guys hope <laughs> that could one day be the front man of a band, sort of. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Fallout Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down from 2005. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Strong start. Fucking Strong start. sucks, man. It yeah, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion. In my opinion, it sucks. <laughs> let's, let's move on to clue two. Here is clue two. I think I've got a guess on the artist. Okay. Is that Mika? That is not Mika. It's not Mika. It's not Mika. Is this... Um, is it the darkness? Late 70s, or is this a... Do you have a, a decade on this? You guys want a, a, a date on the song? Yeah, give me a date on the song. We are talking 70s. 76, specifically. So, yes. The Ridge. Oh, oh, wait. Is that Boston? Is that more than a feeling? You are yeah, yeah, you right. got it. Nice, good here. Right. Good here. It was a very uh, select clip because I recognize that that harmony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Dude, <laughs> don't don't break the mic, Caleb. Like, oh. <laughs> all the cawing people are really like their ears are already hurting. You want to hear the answer? I would love to. Let's yeah, hear it in context. Yeah, yeah. Boston, more than a feeling, baby. Beautiful. 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 It's your favorite. You love that band. I love them. (laughs) And you love the town. You love the city. We enjoyed living there so much, didn't we, Nick? Woof. (laughs) Clue three. All right, clue three. No pitch correction. That sounds authentic to me. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Oh, it's got to be in the 70s, but I, I'm not getting anything from that. Hmm. Can I hear that clue one more time? Absolutely. 
Oh, you have a clue for us, actually? No, let's hear it again. Clue three. fucking boston again <laughs> there has to be so so much guitar going on during that i recognize the first part of that melody yeah yeah it's very recognizable okay this is like maybe towards the end of the song or like the breakdown it is it's after the breakdown so it's, it's the towards bridge. the end yeah, yeah, yeah after the bridge excuse me yeah um uh, so you're of, off on the year the year is 93 wait what yeah what what was the year 1993 yeah 93 93 oh shit i i hate to say this but i think i have to hear it again clue three (laughs) i don't think i'm gonna get it it's it's uh very familiar though yeah yeah it's gonna kill me when i hear it I, but it's cool because I'll my be resurrected mind, my by mind a crow. is fucking boggled like 1993 <laughs> what this would have been <laughs> you need to get a grip get a grip wake up <laughs> any other clues that was the clue that was right? the clue oh. that was the clue oh. get a grip <laughs> oh um Steven Tyler that's Aerosmith that, that's an Aerosmith reference <laughs> it's an Aerosmith reference I think Get a Grip was the live album right it, it was an album in 1993 or is that the one with the cow on it this is or is the, the Get a Grip with the guy at the gas station on the cover uh, there's this uh not sure <laughs> I think it's a cow yeah it could be a cow um, uh, Get a Grip Steven what, Tyler uh, what would <sighs> that would be um, I mean this isn't this it is isn't, a cow it's a cow it's the cow one yeah yeah it's uh it's that would have Arm- to- it's not the armageddon song this no, is gonna be it's too no. early for that it's a live one it's is it an older song that's re-recorded mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not pink that's for sure <laughs> why don't you hear the answer and see if yeah, you can yeah, hear it in context it. yeah Man, I'm happy to tell you that I still don't know what it is. Okay. Nick, any dun, idea? Dun, dun. I'm trying to remember the words. Is it? Is this like the Alicia Silverstone one? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Is that playing? Uh, the, the title is going to kill me. Yeah. It's um, it's going to drive you crazy. crazy. Thank you. I think that was <laughs> the... You. I think she yeah, was yeah. in the video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the creepy crazy. one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that'll, that'll drive you crazy, yeah. but I th- I want to say, I would hope that that's the highest note Steven Tyler ever <laughs> sings, but it might not be, but mm-hmm. I think I found it. If uh, <laughs> listeners out there, if Steven Tyler sings higher than, <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even mimic it, man. Yeah, I've been crowing too long. <laughs> Cause. Oh man, we're getting All vocal right. fried tonight. Yeah, we're right. gonna hear uh, clue four. Right, clue we got four. one more. This might be difficult, but I think you guys can do it. All right, let's hear it. Clue four. You haven't learned to die. I haven't changed a thing. The flesh was in my bones. The pain my jaw is fine. You haven't learned to die. I haven't changed a thing. The flesh was in my bones. The pain my jaw is fine. All right, it's like little screamo vibes. Mm-hmm. It's instead, you know. 
It's in the oeuvre of Jonathan Davis, but it's definitely not Jonathan Davis from uh, from Corn. Ah, uh, this is this is tough for me because System of a Down is that Serge Tankinen? The System of a Down. It is not System of a Down. It is not Corn. But you are you are very <laughs> you're circling around it for sure. I want to. Is this the Let the Bodies Hit the Floor? Is this Pod tra- Trapped? It is not Trapped. It is not Pod. Oh God! It I is not, not Christian uh, Rage Against the Machine. Pod. <laughs> it's like I don't, the light beer of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. This is like a, this is a genre of music that I I never indulged in. Yeah, um, maybe hear that clue again. Yeah, maybe one more time. Yeah. You haven't learned a thing. I haven't changed a thing. The flesh was in my bones. The pain was always fine. You haven't learned a thing. I haven't changed a thing. The flesh was in my bones. The pain was always fine. Is that Insane Clown Posse or Slipknot? It is Slipknot. Slipknot. It is Slipknot. You got it. There we you go. Got it. Do I we mean, have so... a title of the song? <laughs> I don't know. A uh, this is probably their most popular song. Yeah. So, uh, bird. Bird. It is Bird. <laughs> oh, no. can we hear no, Bird from Slipknot? <laughs> no, it is. Uh, let's hear the answer, then I'll tell you uh, the name of it. Though. All right. Fried out tonight. <laughs> That is Wait and Bleed by Slipknot uh, from 1999. Rest in peace to their drummer oh, yeah. uh, that just passed away. Yeah, man. And, and an epic drummer. At Amazing that. drummer, yeah. Uh, I think my brother saw him in concert and they raised him up on a platform and then it tilted like towards the audience and started spinning with like a pentagram <laughs> of flames around it. And he just still continued to play for like three minutes when it was spinning like <laughs> like a top I, I can't imagine joey jordison yeah man yeah big loss big yeah, he loss. did that tommy lee style drum cage yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Dude, that song it made me realize that um i have maybe never heard a full slipknot song yeah. and i've definitely never heard the title of slipknot song yeah yeah. That's fair. That's Sorry. fair. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I see a. Uh, is that a, like one is bonus? A, uh, clue a, five? This is, a, this a is an extra credit. Um, but, you know, every once in a while, this. See, this didn't quite match what we do in Vocal Fry. This is a, uh, a rap. Mm. But the lyrics I had not really heard without um, music. <laughs> Out of taking music away. And I was uh, banging the table laughing at how terrible uh, the rap lyrics are. So. You guys can guess on this. I think you might be able to get it, but let's let's hear it. Okay, okay. Here is bonus for fun. Drive real far and you drive all night and then you see a light and it comes right down and it lands on the ground and out comes a man from Mars and you try to run but he's got a gun and he shoots you dead and he eats your head and then you're in the man from Mars. You go out at night eating cars. You eat Cadillacs, Lincolns too, Mercury's and Subaru and you don't stop. You keep on eating cars. Then when there's no more cars you go out at night and eat up bars where the people meet. Face to face, dance cheek to cheek, one to one. I know this very well. I don't think I know this. Oh, uh, what do you got? This is Debbie Harry. This is Missy Elliott. What? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> De- is Debbie Harry. Maybe it was like a Parliament. This track is or like something. maybe. Uh, I think there's certain metrics would say that this was one of the uh, <laughs> one of the first like charting singles with uh, rapping in it. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Is it the Rapture? It is, is Rapture. Rapture yeah, yeah. by the Blondie. Candy bars. But uh, that's got like such a great hook with that song. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, 
is a great song that every time you hear it, you oh, wish that yeah, they yeah, would right. cut out the... Uh, the rap it, is hilariously bad. The reality of the situation, I think, is... Because uh, Blondie is a band that I love, and yeah. Debbie Harry's awesome. And I think that the reality of the situation was that there was like a burgeoning hip-hop scene in New York at the time. It was completely like not yes. on the radio, like nobody was listening to. And like these bands that were playing in the Lower East Side were like hearing and like interacting with these people. And it's like, this is like a cool, important thing. And they were like, we got to like bring this into what we do, um, even though we're terrible. And it's like, oh no, just don't, just don't. <laughs> I think Tom Tom Club has some tracks like that too, where it's like, guys, yeah. don't yeah, yeah. just stop doing that. Some of it's them cool are that you're interested in it, but it doesn't mean you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, champ, that's really great what you're doing there. Hey, bud, we're it not going to do early, it like that anymore. Okay. The early days Thanks, of bud. like, you can, you can be an ally without, Right. doing what you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little toned yeah. up but like that, maybe you just invite somebody to do a verse on your song maybe you do that but it never been Everybody done before yeah, go yeah. to bars eat candy bars then you're out of bars and go to cars well that's vocal fried thank you guys yeah, 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 oh, they're fun. They're totally fun. fried <laughs> totally thanks for fried. dusting off that game yeah man it's a fun one uh, you guys want to jump back into track number nine this is Pantera with the badge Pantera, uh, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, maybe this is uh, DFW's finest import <laughs> or only cultural export. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Arlington's like right between Dallas, Fort Worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I used to go there as a kid. It is like the entertainment capital of the United States. They've got uh, Hurricane Harbor. They've got a Six Flags. They have, yeah, the Six Flags. That's where the Rangers, Rangers play. Right? The, the Rangers, Rangers play there. And, Arlington and uh, the Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington. So. And Pantera's from there, so <laughs> yeah, I, come on, guys. I think I mentioned that I had their album uh, Cowboys from Hell. This uh, song, The Badge, is a cover of a uh, song by Poison Idea. Yeah, that is a, a song that I don't know and also a band that I don't know. Oh, I think the it, cover? Do you know the story about the cover for this album? No, no I think that... So, yeah. Far I, Beyond Driven is the, uh, is the album that that song is on, and the original cover was supposed to be a drill going into a, uh, into a butthole. And uh, wait, the Pantera one or the the image of the of or the, the uh, Poison Idea one, the Pantera album oh, yeah. cover that this uh, was on, and um, I guess Target and uh, <laughs> Walmart, uh, you know, rightfully not okay with uh, that censorship really? gone mad. <laughs> yeah, no drills into buttholes. Smell the glove, sort of. <laughs> yeah, thing. it's a total uh, Spinal Tap kind of thing. But then, <laughs> the, what, the, what they ended up going with a drill into uh, a human skull. Nice. Which yeah, you yeah. may recognize. It's kind of like a blue cover. It's got the skull with yeah, the yeah. drill going into the frontal lobe. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Pretty hardcore. Man, I was cool. really hoping they would pivot to just a, a skull like like pressed up against a butthole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that weird? No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, Pantera rules. Um, Vinny Chase, <laughs> man. Dimebag. Yeah, Dimebag. They've, they've had two members pass away um, yeah. for various reasons. Dimebag was very tragic story extremely well, tragic yeah yeah 
This was uh, playing in the movie when Top Dollar kills Gideon with a goddamn sword. <laughs> Top Dollar! <laughs> Top, Top Dollar! dollar. Yeah, yeah. Great character. A little bit overboard, unlike, obviously he's a nihilist or whatever. Yeah. But there's like a level of like, uh, it starts off where it's like, these guys are expendable, I don't fucking give a shit. But it's carried so steadily throughout the movie, it's like... Now you're just fucking killing a ton of people and it's unclear why. Yeah, Gideon is like, hey, there's a guy trying to kill you and he's killing your guys and he's like, I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> he just kills him. Thing, he like kills Gideon and then his like uh, right hand man, the kind of like jazz guy is like, oh yeah, uh, I should say that uh, Sick Boy also saw like a, a bird. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> fun boy. Fun boy. Oh, yeah, fun boy. Yeah, like, I was like, so- oh, I wish he would have said that earlier because I kill this guy because when he said the bird I thought he was making fun of me yeah. why did he wait to give that information until after Gideon was dead he's like I should just just to be clear there were, there were multiple accounts of birds good job just boss so you know. by the way though actually there is a bird <laughs> and he's like oh interesting one thing okay one thing I gotta say about the bad guys uh, Bai Ling and uh, and what what is the dollar? top dollar top dollar Michael Wincott yeah, uh, the the bad guys in this movie, I've been making fun of them for their, like, a little bit, like, uh, they rush to judgment and their ill treatment of their employees. Yeah. Which is, like, as somebody that's, like, you know, you know, I, <laughs> I've been working for a long time. It's like, yeah, like, treat your employees with respect. They come with you with a problem. <laughs> like, come on. It seems so short-sighted. <laughs> yeah, to, short-sighted. To it's short-sighted. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> but no, but so I've been hard on them. But one thing I will say is that we're in a world where... Somebody, you know, there. Somebody has been brought back to life by a magical crow to exact vengeance, mm. and they kind of work their way to an understanding of the situation a lot quicker than you would think. Right? They're kind of like three quarters away the, the movie. They're like, "All right, we got a situation <laughs> where a crow has brought this guitar player, maybe lead singer, also back a bit to of death. a mystical crow. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. We got a a guy, be a crow. They're coming after us. And it's like, well. We don't know exactly what's going on, but maybe if we kill the crow, then the guy, it's like they, they kind of like they problem solve it probably better than you than you would expect in any sort of situation. Very true. Still so, trying to figure out if he's the crow. Yeah. No, no. I mean, <laughs> he's Eric. I was waiting the for crow it. To, is the crow. I was waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Earlier on in the movie, I was like, he's gonna. It's like animorphs. It's yeah. gonna be animorphs. The crow is a crow, it and also happens. I think that the the comic book and also the series of movies it gets worse and worse. It's like an anthology where it's different people that the crow brings back to life. It's just this pesky crow. But to to Nick's point, does anyone ever turn into a crow Animorph style? No. In any of these sequels? No, no, no. You you know that for sure? The only, I think that the weirdest thing is that they that's all, a no. they all turn into clowns. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, they're all Which that's, that's like the real, if you want to really dig into it, what is the clown situation? They're all clowns. Yeah. Uh, the crow is always a crow. <laughs> you, you brought up um, uh, Top Dollar's girlfriend, Bai Ling, uh, mm-hmm. who... Uh, a famous loose unit, yes. Bai Ling. Yeah. A real, in real life? chaotic element in the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one yeah, scene yeah. when they talk about like uh, lighting fires during Devil's Night, and I still don't understand <laughs> why. And then there's like, yeah, we'll have to light like more fires this year. And then uh, Bai Ling's like... 
I like the pretty lights and everybody laughs and then it cuts back to Bai Ling and she's like, why are they laughing? <laughs> she, has like a, she has a weird look on her face. She's like, what? I do like that scene. <laughs> I was like, wait. Because first of all, there's like a little... She doesn't understand irony or humor. I'm not, I'm not, she's I, yacked out of her mind I'm not a, at that point. I'm not a businessman, but there's like a thing where it's like, we light fires, we make money. What's not to like? And I was like, wait, you make money? <laughs> It's like everybody knows you light some fires, you make a lot of money. And then she's like, I like the fires. Everybody's like, What the fuck are you talking about, lady? (laughs) We like making money. Yeah. You don't make money from starting fires, my guy. I I assume he was like some sort of um like people tell him, Hey, I need you to burn down this building so we can make the insurance and they pay, they give him kickbacks and that's why he chooses specific. They don't go into it, but yeah, it must be some sort of like, uh, if there's a night when everybody's like, this is a night when just crazy people start fires for no reason, then it's a great time to like, you have a ledger of like people that want their places burnt down for insurance. Top dollar insurance fraud. Give <laughs> us a call. <laughs> the general, the top dollar general. Pay yeah. for the top dollar on time. By the way, because it's like, I like the eyes. And everyone's like, oh God. It's, it's, Why are you guys laughing at me? Like, I'm serious. <laughs> It's a very weird. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. You can move on. How about uh, track number 10? Let's do it. This is For Love, Not Lisa. Slip, slide, melting. Alternative rock out of uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. And uh, for Love Not Lisa, did someone go through a breakup and then <laughs> <laughs> name a band? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah, it's not even about her. It's about love. It's about love, not Lisa. Not Lisa. <laughs> God, God. <Hey. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, did you hear that uh, Jerry like started a band? You're like, oh, like how's Jerry doing? Oh, he's doing pretty good. The band's like starting to get some. It's like, oh, yeah, what's the band called? Oh, for love, not least. I was like, mm. oh, man. fuck. Wait, that, what? That was like three years ago. <laughs> it's like, I I mean, I'm Lisa. It's like, yeah, I know you're Lisa, but oh. Mm. Oh, the Lisa. Oh, yeah. I got you. Oh, gonna, check out this song. Gonna, slip slide melting. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be on the crow soundtrack. Yeah. What's a crow? <laughs> it's like a guy with makeup. You'll figure it out. He's the crow. <laughs> Are you sure about that? A guy with makeup is a, he looks like a crow? It doesn't matter. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. Something this, weird happened on set. We're not like, sure if it's actually going to come out. He's like a clown. <laughs> they call him the crow. We're getting dark. <laughs> yeah, it's good dark. This is uh, playing during maybe one of my favorite scenes in the movie. The T-Bird gang is just celebrating. And they're just, not, just lunatics. Oh, yeah, they, they have the camaraderie oh, amongst each the, other. Drinking bullets. They're having such fun. And then they're, yeah, they're putting a bullet in their mouth and then chasing it One with of them takes a and cigarette and it. like it puts it out on his tongue yeah. and they're like you that, fucking crazy That's T-Bird that's T-Bird that's T-Bird baby but they're all they're all swallowing bullets Yeah and uh, I think if I were in the bar I'd be like I'll I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do it but I think lead would kill you right 
Or it wouldn't break no, no, down. No, 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 no. You would pass it? Uh, Listeners make, right in. Let's, <laughs> yeah. I think that you would pass it. It's so. uh, bullets are covered in it's copper. A sm- small enough amount. I think. Yeah, you might I think you okay. would pass it. it. It might cause some bowel obstruction, but um, there would be. It could get caught in there. I'll but call it's, my doctor uh, friends. The lead is not. That'll a problem. be an interesting uh, message to my doctor on the, like the, the Mount Sinai app. Hey, <laughs> the <Ada> lead bullet. <laughs> the long the story. Lead. Fire it up. Can I fire it up? <laughs> yeah. That's the catchphrase, yeah. right? Well, like there's some minor discrepancy, and I think Skank gets in Tintin's face, and then they like pull guns on each other and they're all like they have knives and guns and like this one even even loaded well mine might be well guess if this one is and they're like i feel like darla comes over and is like hey guys here's your shot you're making everybody else in the bar (laughs) really nervous (laughs) put your guns away there's another scene like later on where i think skank they're like roll into like a crowded like club club yeah and he's like goes we'll to the bar that. to like order a drink, and he's still just holding a pistol yeah. in his hand. Which I mean, I haven't been to Detroit, but it seems fucking terrifying. That well, industrial club that they go to looks like most of the music venues in uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> Not much has changed on that front. I just love the uh, the hilarious camaraderie of like let's point guns at each other, and it's like, guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're the T Birds. <laughs> fire, fire, fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! <laughs> It's like, I love these guys. Bunch of I, lo- I love that T-Bird like, knows this guys well enough to be like, eh, things are getting a little tense. Yeah. Maybe I just like start a fire it up. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what? That'll calm everybody down. Everybody's we'll on fire. board. Let's drink some fucking bullets. <laughs> yeah, they get really into it. <laughs> I love that Chris can see himself in the bar being like, I bet I could drink one of those. Should I go over? Maybe I'll buy him shots. Hey, hey send some shots to those, uh, some shots to those birds to this. over hey, there. Could I, sorry, could I get a couple shots? I'm going to go over there and try to... Oh, no, they got, they got guns. They got yeah, guns. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm just gonna, you know, I gotta get out of here. Could I close out? Could I close out? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. How are you guys feeling about track 11? I think so. That's uh, that's enough T-Bird talk for me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see. Track 11. This is My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult with After the Flesh. Crucified. Yeah, I kind of uh, <laughs> I feel like I have a little bit of a soft spot for like scary '90s industrial rock. Yeah. Um, probably because, and this is a thing where. In my mind, like I was too young to experience any of it. In my mind, it was like a thing that people would go to clubs and like really get into the shit. Yeah. But it's literally just because of watching The Crow <laughs> and Bad Boys. And like and, Wayne's World had yeah. that one. Like It's like a handful of movies that are just like, oh yeah, you know, clubbing. Blade. Yeah, yeah. Blade. <laughs> it's like you, clubbing is like you go and there's just like these fucking the gnarly matri- white matrix. guys with dreads like yelling at you underworld Zion. Like, but did it ever happen <laughs> like yeah. i don't know 
Uh, I also want to say that this lead singer, so this is a band that's in the movie. This is, uh, they're playing this song in the club where it's a pretty, if not the climax of the film, it's probably like one of the biggest uh, action set pieces. Yeah. And it cuts back and forth a little bit. And uh, I should say that the lead singer of this band uh, kind of sounds like it could be T Bird. <laughs> a lot of people t- in this band over the years. Did you guys get that? No. Any uh, any guess on how many members have been in uh, oh my, my life with the Thrill Kill Cult? Oof. 20? 23. 23. One of which included Lydia Lunch. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. What's who's Lydia Lunch? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, punk pioneer. Oh, but, sure. uh, you know, like it or not, again, this was, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, helped pioneer this industrial genre i i was digging the vibe of that concert i mean it was crazy much yeah, yeah but I, i'd be watching it from the bar being like oh man those guys are i do i do and i will say that um so this is very much and like you talk about like ministry this kind of there was a midwestern um industrial rock kind of scene yeah. that like kind of like spilled out and every once in a while you're like oh stabbing western these other bands are like hear about in different parts of the country but I think that the fact that this movie is supposedly kind of in the Midwest mm-hmm. and leads a little bit more credence that there would be a big club. I'll just say that the fact that there would be a club that would be really into my thrill, uh, my life with a uh, thrill cult cult is much more realistic than like the Miami club in bad boys where they're yeah. like getting down with that. It's yeah, like, yeah. Miami. Like really? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, I think LA has always had like a weird industrial scene as well, but uh, it makes more sense, I think, uh, in the context of this film. But um, man, yeah, I was. This is a great scene in the movie, by the way. It's uh, it cuts back and forth, and then it's maybe the biggest shootout. There's like 19 people all shooting at Eric Draven, and he cannot die. And then he's like picking them off one by one, and it's it's kind of the the. He runs out of bullets, and he starts grabbing some swords. Yeah, great. Damn, it's awesome. How how did the CGI in The Crow stack up to CGI at the time of other films? It looked good to me. I think that a lot of it wasn't CGI. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's so good. It's like even like the weird like uh, cityscape things, there's a lot of... And I also read that in a lot of the car chase scenes when they ran out of money or they were low on money, there was like some scenes where you you can tell if you pay close attention that it's models... And they're doing these like miniature things. Yeah, kind of a Blade Blade Runner style thing. When they do like uh, aerial views of some shots and it's like not even real cars. I'm like, that's fucking great. I thought the CG, like, you know, when the bullet through his hand heals. I thought that was like, you know, I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They do like some prosthetics where he's just like holding a thing and then it cuts and yeah. It like holds up a lot. His hand actually heals. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a. Very like fewer things than I think that it was early enough in the '90s where things held together, kind of Jurassic Park style, where like five years later they would lean too hard on CGI, and watching it now would seem it seems like bad TV. Well, those I mean, you know, I, I've complained about it many a times, but um, like mid two thousands movies that are like CGI fuck fests are. It, it just it doesn't even feel like you're watching anything real. Yeah, it just, yeah. You're like, this is a cartoon, and I can't... It, there's there, nothing you can grab onto. Johnny Mnemonic? 
Yeah. Well, no, that that was too early. Uh, no, really? I mean I like that kind of. It. It's more like the like, like the, Spider-Man three or like the first Harry uh, Potter movie yeah. when they're like playing Quidditch and you just see like a fully CGI, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a noodly looking Harry Potter. <laughs> it's when yeah. they it's it's the, like first, the first the first two years yeah. when they <laughs> felt like they could just do it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they couldn't. No, no, yeah. I don't know how you guys feeling about anything else on uh, my life with the Thrill Kill Cult. No, no, but I, no, I think that this song. <laughs> no, no, no. I enjoy. I enjoy Chris is defeated. <laughs> I enjoy this song. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, track twelve. <laughs> this is the Jesus and Mary chain with Snake Driver. Jesus Mary Chain, this is, um, you know, maybe the coolest, you know, quote unquote, coolest band that we've had on this soundtrack so far. You know, talking about like, uh, you know, people love The Cure. I love The Cure, but they were like a kind of a, you know, a mainstream 80s band in a lot of ways. But like Jesus Mary Chain is like kind of a hipster favorite. I mean, I've seen, you know, they're angsty scots i saw an interview with them (laughs) from the mid that's a genre (laughs) i saw saw an interview with them from the mid 80s that was a pretty eye rolly they're just like you know very into themselves and uh, basically picking up the pieces of uh like where the sex pistols yeah left off they were trying to be kind of the next sex pistols man that that vibe is unbearable to go back. It was and watch. extremely unbearable. It's that blur interview. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's, the, it's Oasis. It's just like yes. I mean, it, people have parodied it. Uh, Mr. Show dunked on Oasis pretty hard. It's yeah, like, that's basically the chronology, right? I don't there. know. You know, I'm mean, like, it's we a, just want to go. It's not. Music it's not really and, a genre. It's like we're just here to like change the world. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, Johnny Rodden has like <laughs> he's just an asshole. Oh yeah. He goes yeah. out and, you, and it's, it's just not even. Sucks. Like a cool, he's not even punk rock about it. He's just like, you're fucking nothing, oh, and yeah. I invented music. Yeah, <laughs> still in it. I mean, I think Jesus yeah, and Mary Chain have cleaned up a little bit, but like yeah. people like Johnny Rodden, no man, uh, still a fucking prick. There's an interview with him and Henry Rollins and a bunch of other people <laughs> that right. I showed you guys. It's like a punk TED talk. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It, Basically, it was, and like you know what? There's a part of me that's like. Start arguing with each other. He should have blown that up. Like, this is taking itself too seriously. (laughs) Because he's like, you know, I I understand his sentiment, but uh, it is, everyone is so uncomfortable because he is blitzed and won't (laughs) shut up about nothing. Like, he'll just lose his train of thought and talk himself into a corner and they're like, okay, thank you for that answer, Johnny. Uh, moving on. He's like, you move on. Yeah, because that's what you do. And then the corporations come. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. Like, all right, you're wasting a bit of time. Uh, yeah, I think that this song. One of my favorite songs I've heard so far, though. Yeah, this is a great song. This great song track. It's fucking sick. It's playing on the jukebox, I think again at the bar there's a lot of like music playing in the bar this is the aforementioned uh darla and fun boy uh making out and then yeah, yeah. making fun of sarah <laughs> well she's like maybe on the clock we don't know yeah, yeah um 
this is i think uh exclusive to the soundtrack or maybe it was included on some sort of like rare like b-sides and singles type of thing this is like a great like kind of low-key uh song to be and also like as like a young kid um you know now as an adult i'm like yeah jesus mary chan's fucking cool right yeah. it's like kid i had no fucking idea like that's like this is this soundtrack was like probably the first time i'd heard the cure probably the first time i'd heard uh, a joy division song in any sort of uh respect all these you know there's a lot of bands on here that i was exposed to for the first time and this is like a very uh cool kind of low-key you know this is i'm mean, obviously i think that their their height was probably earlier like late 80s uh early 90s yeah. but uh i'm sure they're playing they're playing a darklands festival next week let's yeah, go i don't know what yeah, that man. is let's go is it's a uh, glasgow it's a, it's a festival in glasgow oh, nice. mentioned before yeah november 13th and 14th you can see them live we've got in all go. of their glory we've got, we've got to go, go. You've, got to give. you've got to go <laughs> yeah unbearable <laughs> but great music yeah. great music uh do you guys want to hear track 13 yeah Please. this is medicine with time baby three song that's been uh, re-recorded yeah. over the ages and there was a time baby one there was a time baby two all the time babies Wait, i don't know anything about time this babies. is time baby three well so tell, tell me of the time babies this uh, this band is also playing at the club i think that they're yes, this is the other live band they're probably opening for my life with the thrill kill cult if, uh, we, if we are to believe this is all taking place in 24 hours then yeah yes i think yeah. they're opening act which is like cool and also wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is not the this the version on the soundtrack is incorporating vocals from uh, it's uh, what is her name? It is Emily Fra- Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocteau Twins. Wow, this is like yeah, it basically very, sounds like a cock. This is like yeah, the, yeah. this version of Time Baby is the Cocteau Twins version of Time Baby. Interesting, yeah. and that's uh, you know very influential eighties like goth band. And I love them. They're great. Yeah. Great, great, and also like she, she's like contributed a bunch of vocals to a bunch of like cool shit, and it's it's very cool for the soundtrack that they're like because they're obviously like bringing in this like eighties like goth vibe, like you know semi seamlessly, I think in my opinion, and yeah. also for you know the nineties is so like kind of you know it's not goth i don't know how to like the 90s vibe was you know like nine inch nails this kind of like grungy like gross thing it's grunge yeah, but yeah. it's grunge but you know there's different industrial and it's grunge but there's not really like a goth thing going on in like True. a very clear way which is a little bit inexplicable and so i love that they kind of like well, it's like let's just bring in some of these 80s artists which is like as an adult now, I'm like, it's, there's not that big of a gap between like Cocteau Twins and, you know, Nine Inch Nails type of thing. It's like, yeah, like bring in like these other bands and it should be seamless. But at the time would probably be like a challenge as it, a mu- music director. It's pretty funny to me that 
emo had to be like the here comes the airplane for us to uh, accept goth again as a as a culture. You know what I mean? It was like, well, we'll try it out with this and that's just and take a like, bite of this. See what yeah, you think. Yeah. See what you think. And then it, and then that evolved back into like, no, just bring back the goths. Who cares? Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, so so in the movie, it's the actual band playing a version of their song, and it's yeah. not. It doesn't have these vocals, which is. Uh, the lady from the Cocteau Twins, which is super cool. Interesting. Yeah, I do like that track. It is a great track. And I, I felt like um, I got a real big um, uh, callback to Reality Bites because I, I feel like the pit feels like very much like the Reality Bites um, <laughs> the club venue. Like it yeah. might be the same uh, studio that they filmed it all at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, same like, soundstage. Watching this Could movie, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. my entire life was like, oh, I love that club. Uh, it, it's a shame that they're like kept afloat financially with all the arson. <laughs> yeah, I would love to drink there, I mean, man. I'd like, be there every night. You know, the drinks are cheap. Yeah. The bands are awesome. The vibe, everything. Sometimes, you know, people are like holding guns, like ordering drinks, which is a little yeah. bit of a drag. They're doing their own thing, though. <laughs> they're doing their own thing. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this movie really is uh, singles with a superhero element. He's the only, he's the only grunge superhero, man. And yeah, maybe yeah, God, yeah, yeah. maybe God superhero. I don't know. Yeah, he's a God superhero. <laughs> the fact that he's just like, yeah, no, I also play music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to? That's like that, a weird thing. I'll just wear this. I'll do this desperado thing. And I'll yeah. just carry this guitar everywhere from now on. I'm, I've got some old Hangman's Joke uh, vinyls in my back. I just <laughs> love that God Superhero is like, oh, so you're a superhero. Tell me what you can. It's like, well, I'm like pretty strong. My reflexes are really good. Mm-hmm. Can't die, be hurt sad all the time. And uh, do you I know mean, any... I can't fly, but I can jump off of things. Like, wait a minute. Did you? I'm sorry. You Did you say you were sad all the time? Yes, I have great reflexes, sat all the time, play music. Do you know any still. guitar scales? Pentatonic. Oh yeah, yeah, only I, pentatonic. I can shred. <laughs> I can like, I can uh, feel people's like memories. I can take their like pain from them. I'm sorry. Did you say you're sad all the time? Yeah. Yes, I'm sad all the time. I can jump really far. <laughs> Do you want to fire it up into uh, the last track on this soundtrack? I think we have to. Sure. How are you feeling? Anything else on medicine? No, no, no. Time Baby, Time Baby 456. It's not a bad song. The Time Child. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> that's all. Time Baby. Bring me the Time Baby. <laughs> this is track 14. This is Jane Syberry with It Can't Rain All the Time. No uh, 90s soundtrack would be complete without a little bit of influence of the uh, the composer from the film yeah. on a track on the um, the motion picture soundtrack and not the score soundtrack. So that uh, Jane Syberry, that's like her working with Graham Revell, who uh, did the score soundtrack for The Crow and done a, the score for a few movies that we've talked about, if you guys remember any of those. I remember Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter. Baby. Graham. <laughs> My boy, yeah, <laughs> Graham, Graham Revell, also responsible for Tank Girl, yeah, yeah. and um, 
Also another kind of Halloween spooky, uh, <laughs> Granville. Also Idle Hands. Yeah. Shit, yeah. man. That's a lot. I think those are, all, those are all my picks, right? <laughs> that was a. I mean, you had idle hands, or who yeah, had, yeah, that, who was idle hands. that was our great white whale that was sent in by a generous uh, listener, a benefactor. Yeah, <laughs> one of our many benefactors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was easily the worst track I've heard on this soundtrack so far. Yeah, well, this is the credits track. This is playing. it. Can't rain all the time. Yeah, right? At the end of the movie. <laughs> This is um, like, what does that mean? Yeah, what is that's a little catchphrase in or, the movie. It's sting- it's like the lyrics to one of his songs, yeah, you know, yeah. in the before times. Correct. But you hear a very short clip of his song, right? Which is kind of similar to this. Is that the one he's playing on the rooftop? No, no. He uh, the girl goes to oh, his oh, old she, apartment. Yeah, she she plays puts on the, the record, yeah, and then yeah. it comes and it starts skipping. Yeah, on that line, started skipping like, at the line all the time. That, all that the time. he had like, said to her. Uh, but the very short clip of his band, uh, what, Hangman's Joke, yep. is way better than this. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to hear that. It's like, why can't we hear? Yeah. Why can't we hear the fake band? Oh, I, I, I'm sure that like Graham Ravel had something baked into his contract. It was like, I got to get one thing on there. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jane Cyberry was just like you know somebody he promised a favor to or something. Mm-hmm. Just like I'll, a, get you on, I'll get you on there, baby. Canadian singer. I'm not hating. Canadian singer had done some like a uh, bunch of. There was some Canadian TV show she did the theme song to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. this fucking sucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sucks, yeah. bro. I don't know what to say. I don't know if this plays in the movie. I think um, it's it's the closing it, credits. Oh, it's the closing credits. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of oh, course. It's the credit song. Ah, is it only one credit song in the crow? Uh, yes. Lately, yeah. we've been getting into like you know credit song <laughs> number. Well, this is four, five, and okay, six. Which is, it's a finance. S- it's a finance thing. I uh-huh. promise you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what we're finding. But it's out. also something we should say about the soundtrack. Top dollar. is that every <laughs> single <laughs> song is in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and I, and I love it. There's pretty oh, much yeah. no music in the movie that's besides score that's not on the soundtrack. I'm looking through it now. I thought there was maybe one song. <laughs> there, I think that there is one, there is one maybe one song that you hear fleetingly that's good. in the music. It's not. I don't know. It don't might all is. be in there. Uh, in this f- is not inspired by. No, oh my god! No, this no. is not this is the real deal. This is straight Colombian <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> this is what a soundtrack should be. Not stepped on. <laughs> That's the soundtrack. Let's get into ratings. Woo! That's it, baby. Maybe that has something to do with why I went triple platinum. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is a any god. That's a market kid. research project for later. Grade A, a prime soundtrack. <laughs> Cut. We gotta rate. We gotta rate the Chronoverse, guys. We gotta rate the Chronoverse. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Great game. Great game. Yeah, another podcast. We've agreed to rate the Crow soundtrack uh, from zero to fifteen days till Devil's, Devil's Night. Night. Okay. Um, I, apparently, Devil's Night's obviously a terrible thing. So I think I missed this. Explain to me how this is working. The further away you are from Devil's Night, the better. Okay, because you Devil's just, Night is the night before Halloween. Yeah, right. that's, that's one day. You have more which, time to prepare. Which for apparently Devil's is night. a real thing, especially in in Detroit. Yeah, yeah where yeah. for a while people were just like setting fires. It's one of those things that I was. It was drawn to my attention. Uh, I think they call it Mischief Night in like Jersey. But when I took that New York Times, like mm. we can tell where you're from from your turns of phrase. When I was like, "What do you yeah, call yeah. the night before th- or the night before uh, Halloween?" 
I was like, nothing. And they're like, oh, okay. Wait, are you just setting it up that way so that you can give this a 15 and be the furthest away from <laughs> Devil's Night? I do like that way where it's like, you're like, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from Arizona. We call it Oopsie Doopsie Night. Yeah. And it's like, I'm from uh, Jersey. We call it Mischief Night. We're, yeah. like, like, it's we're the from purge? Detroit. We call it like Murder Night. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The night where everyone burns the whole town? Like, no, it's, we like throw eggs at people. It's the purge. Yeah, we, like, it's the purge. It's essentially the purge. It's you the throw purge. some toilet paper, right? It's like, and then you light it on fire. And you have to go talk to Top Dollar, and they, <laughs> yeah. he kills one of your friends in yeah, retribution yeah. for something. But he did. has crazy good lines. <laughs> All right, so we are we're uh, out of zero to fifteen days from Devil's Night. Uh, Chrissy, why don't you lead off? Most favorite, least favorite tracks. Sure. And then, uh, <laughs> how close are we to the the dreaded date? I mean. I, I loved this movie. I loved the vibe of it. And I think um, the music plays a huge part of it. The, it's Literally, it's the grunge superhero, man. And I loved it. I thought it was so good. Uh, the whole soundtrack is incorporated, which uh, really, to me, is important. Um, my least favorite track is easily Jane Cybery's It Can't Rain All the Time. Uh, get out of here. I don't like you. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And my favorite, I think, is The Cure Burn. I think I love that song. I love The Cure. Um, it was sort of retrofitted for this soundtrack, and it's a, a pivotal scene in the movie, and it's used very well to great effect. Um, I got to give this an incredible rating. I'm going to give this a uh, 14.5, 14 and a half days away from Devil's Night. Rest easy. Oh man! Citizens. So you're in the you're in the middle of October. Oh, there, yeah. I, I got <laughs> yeah. so much time to prep right. and, yeah. and uh, fireproof my home. <laughs> it's still like fucking light jacket weather yeah. in yeah. Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you use that fireproof drywall. Put on a long sleeve <laughs> tee. Yeah. Throw a ball around. <laughs> All right. What, well, Nikki? You going yeah. next? Nikki, how do you feel about this? Uh, sure. Um, my favorite track was a toss-up between track three, Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty, and track 12, Jesus and Mary Chain, Snake Driver. But uh, I'm going to say favorite track, Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty. Nice. That Great one song. was giving me the feels. That is a jam. And it just put me back in the singles uh, yeah, yeah. universe. Yeah. And it yeah. felt good. I was like, man, I, I like grunge more than I thought I did. <laughs> It's intensely 90s, but yeah. it's still really good. There's a lot of great tracks on the soundtrack, man. Uh, least favorite track, absolutely track 14, Jane Siberry. <laughs> it can't rain all the time. Yeah, just no question. Ooh, apologies to our neighbors in the north. Um, <laughs> and, you know, despite the tragedy during the you know filmmaking process, I thought yeah. the movie did come together very well. And having watched it for the first time in preparation for this episode, uh, it was very enjoyable. Yeah. I wish I had seen it like earlier. I wish I had uh, actually played the movie when I was a kid, thinking that I was about to see Michael Jackson in a concert <laughs> film. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. And then, and then I probably would have been traumatized. Well, I love that. Uh, as a nine-year-old. Yeah, your grandmother was like, here's the Michael Jackson thing. And you're like, she got it wrong. Put it on the <laughs> shelf. I'll never open it. <laughs> it's basically like five years I'm later, she was like, how, how did MJ do in that? And you're like, oh, yeah, it was great doing all the moonwalking. Yeah, love yeah. the crowd. <laughs> Um, so I gotta give this a pretty good rating. I'm gonna come in at an 11.0 days away from Devil's Night. Yeah, there we go. No nice. reason to 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 uh, board up the windows. Yeah, we'll see. We got some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bring us home, Caleb. Yeah, this is um, it's a soundtrack that's so like near dear to me. 
that it's hard to judge. And also it's a movie. I remember a couple of years ago, I like watched it with Steph who had never seen it and uh, it did not go over that great. And I was kind of like, oh, maybe this didn't age as well as some of the other like 90s movies. I think that is still probably the case, but uh, I think the soundtrack's still pretty good. Least favorite. Um, I think I have to go with Rollins Band's version of Ghost Rider. It's a the original song is a song that I love so much, and I I I appreciate that they like really change the song a lot, which is something that most bad covers don't do. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's not a bad cover, and it's a bad cover. So you like Jane Silberry better than this? It's like it is whatever, but like I find the Rollins Band. Uh, version of Ghost Rider unlistenable, which I I hold against a song that I think is actually a very good song. Uh, it's like yeah, how yeah. can you turn a song I love to listen to to a song that I'm like angry about listening to? It's like a it's a big jump. Look what me. they did to my boy. Never That's forget Henry they, Rollins as an angry <laughs> hockey coach what they did to and my Jack boy. Frost. Uh, I think my favorite song uh, has to be "Burned by the Cure," just that it, it is kind of the theme song to the movie, and it's a uh, for an 80s band to be making an original song for a 90s movie and have it like work this seamlessly, I think is pretty... I saw The Cure in the 90s, and I guess they did not play that song live, and it makes me sad. I think James O'Barr got uh, Robert Smith to sign on, which was cool. I think know? it's a good song, and I think, uh, you know, Eric, it, he's looks like uh, <laughs> he looks like The Cure and not like The Crow. They should have called him The Cure. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a pretty great soundtrack. I will give this a 14.2 days till Devil's Night. Nice. I think you're the furthest away from Devil's Night. Yeah. It's, I fucking love it. And uh, I'm happy to hear that you guys enjoyed it as well. Very much so. Very much so. All right, Good need, pick. Good yeah. Pick. All right. Thank you, Kayla. Yay. Thanks for the pick. We need to move into our recommended track and... You know, we had recently recommended uh, a bird song, I believe, for the Tony Hawk episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we got to do it again. Right. Yeah, fuck it. We love birds. Another bird song. We're, we're back in the bird of it all. We're just like so bird about this thing. <laughs> this podcast for the birds. Bird part for two. the birds. Getting pretty birdy. Uh, I can lead off if you guys don't mind. Can well, you got the eyes of a hawk on this one. Hawk <laughs> 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 Uh, my recommendations from 1968. This is a song that I think that uh, maybe on the Tony Hawk episode, I mentioned that this was the song that I almost picked. And uh, now we're back again in the bird zone. So uh, Retribution. My <laughs> recommendation for my f- second favorite bird song of all time has to be Albatross by Fleetwood Mac. This is uh, pre-Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, uh, Fleetwood Mac. This is like when it's bluesy, weird Fleetwood Mac. Pre Mick Fleetwood uh, midi jacket. Uh, look <laughs> that up. This is before he yeah, like started hanging. It's a crow sound. Yeah. Yeah. You know the, the the balls, the balls that he hangs. Uh, yeah. They're in. They're, I didn't realize they were on the cover of Rumors. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing that like, he was doing why? way before that weird midi thing. He has two like stainless steel balls. I thought they were wood. I think they're steel. Well, he, a good like, question. Well, anyway, Nick. he got yeah. he got obsessed with this idea of like uh, masculinity, you know, like a weird like uh, cocaine very, brainwave. He's a very big man. He started yeah. hanging these balls between. So, anyways, yeah, that's not part of the song. It's this is Albatross by Fluid Mac. This is a song I love. I feel like this is a song that basically uh, presages like the Krangbin kind of uh, you know like barn rock uh, thing that 
we love to hear. And uh, hey, shout out to Houston Crangbin. Crangbin, yeah. Listen to the song and tell me that this isn't uh, inventing Crangbin. That was almost my pick this time as well, but we we, we hashed it out. Uh, out. Last time we did a, or uh, last time we dipped into the bird zone, I stole Chris's pick uh, with the Alessi brothers of uh, Seabird. After all these years, Caleb, you and I have realized that our second favorite bird song of all time is the same. One thing I've learned about myself. beautiful, guys? (laughs) I'm a real magpie. I'm a real magpie. I'm just stealing picks from everybody around me, these shiny songs. (laughs) Uh, but this is, yeah, uh, instrumental song uh, written by Peter Green. Very spooky, surfy sort of vibe. Also could have been California. Donnie and Joe Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of yeah. That's the which vibe I got. Which they're turning into a, oh, a, yeah. a movie, which I'm very disappointed by. <laughs> it just looks very, very gross. Could, Casey Affleck. He's great. <laughs> How is this movie what getting ever produced? <laughs> How is this movie happening? It's the Donnie and Joe Emerson story with Casey Affleck. We're going to see that and then Garfield with Chris Pratt in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big, big movie oh, yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. All right. Who wants to uh, lay an egg for this next track? Yeah. Chris, oh. it looks like your wings are spread. What do you got for us? Chris, <laughs> you want to jump out of the nest? What do you got? <laughs> um, I'm going back to... Uh, 1979. Yeah, you love it. <laughs> 1979, uh, a song by the Misfits uh, that was later re-released and remixed by Glenn Danzig himself. Uh, I don't. He. I don't know. Uh, this song is called <laughs> "Where Eagles Dare." So let's uh, let's take a listen to that. I love that song. I think it might be one of my favorites by the Miss uh, by the Misfits or Danzig. Uh, Mother is a close second, uh, but uh, apparently that really heavy bass, um, which I think is maybe one of the best parts of the song, was due to a mastering error, uh, which I never knew until I was looking up stuff about the song. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great song. I think. Uh, Misfits might uh, appreciate the crow. <laughs> I'm sure they yeah, yeah. Danzig especially. I have a love hate relationship with that guy because he's 
kind of a clown and uh there's again great for the crow great for the crow uh but he's uh you know he just takes himself a little bit too seriously and uh i think to his own detriment if he would if he had pivoted to like a rollins sort of vibe i think we would all appreciate danzig but now he's just like come on for years he was lobbying to uh to be cast as Wolverine, which I think is great. Yeah, uh, but by the no, time... Not, not great that it would, if it happened, it would not be great, but I love that it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a real Michael Jackson wanting to be in the Crow situation. Because he is <laughs> he is the height of Wolverine, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, Danzig is a much smaller man than you realize, but he's yeah. like, you know, he's jacked, so you're like, oh, I guess he's like six foot two, but he's like, no, he's like five foot four. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris, for uh, landing the eagle on, oh, yeah. uh, for that track. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, uh, do you have a song that really uh, ruffles your feathers? <laughs> I'm going to, um, yeah, for the bird song part two, I'm going to spread my wings uh, pretty wide out here. <laughs> and uh, this is a song called Fly Now. And this is by Brian Prothero. Brian Prothero with Fly Now. Um, Brian Prothero, best known for his uh, album Pinball that that's off of from 1974. Also known as an actor and narrator. He uh, has been the narrator for a show, I think on BBC, called First Dates since 2015. Oh, wow. I know that uh, show. Yeah, kind of musician turned narrator. (laughs) I do know that show. Yeah, First Dates. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, burn pick. Great peck. Hey. Yeah, fly away. Great yeah. peck. Great peck. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the pecking peck order. Peck. Really calls to me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm not going to shame you. We're doing it. We're all doing the same thing. He's very talented. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. no, bird. That's enough. Bird. Bird. <laughs> all right. I love music. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, picking the crow, Caleb. I yeah. know we've talked about awesome. doing this episode for quite a while. You had hip pocketed this for maybe yeah, yeah, this since is the first week we started this podcast. Growing up, I think this is one of my favorite soundtracks, yeah. and I, I'm happy that we finally got to talk about it. Hell yeah, me too. It was awesome. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers! Yeah, <laughs> all you trick or treaters out there, Devil's Night arsonists. Oh yeah, <laughs> light a fire for us yeah. here at the Tracklisting Podcast. And uh, do we have a? A pick for next week's episode. Yeah, I think I've got a pick. Uh, you guys want some hints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah drop some hints, baby. Uh, the film is from 1990. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's uh, a biographical crime film. Mm. Mm. Biographical. Untouchables. Not untouchables. It is a film adaptation of the 1985 nonfiction book Wise Guy by Pelleggi. Oh, this is a uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, they're Goodfellas. Hey, do Goodfellas. Through the fire. <laughs> <laughs> There's other songs on there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, good. Right. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, excited yeah. for I this. Can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tune in, you animals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for sticking with us. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, always, we love hearing from you guys. So reach out, talk to us on Instagram, Twitter, you name it. We're always willing to respond. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bird. Bird. <laughs>